Uh, go. Ooh-wee! 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 Ooh. It's Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, the number one... DJ Volume Master. And another one... I'm comedy pod, comedy slash business podcast in the world. Ooh, we already did that. I'm gonna keep doing Woo! movies, dude. Uh, did we win a new award? What's the new award? Uh, business podcast of the year for uh, what was it? Corporate Vision Magazine. Corporate Vision. Yeah. Thanks, Corporate Vision. I yeah, see we, you. We already locked up 2023, and it's not even done. Yeah. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're listening to this in your ear holes right now, go on there, subscribe, rate, review, and then take the extra leap, share this knowledge with someone you like. Do you think anybody listens through their nose holes? I don't know, man. I don't know how sound works. I'm being fine. What I do know is that we got a couple sponsors I'm going to rip through. If you need a website, use Squarespace. It's the all-in-one Website builder, e-commerce, build your brand. Don't let anybody dictate your message. Build your own website. Get the hookup holler if you hear me with a link in the episode description. Call rail. You want to track all the calls on your website? You yeah. got a lot of volume. You want to yeah. you want to record all the calls for quality assurance, yeah. but like legit quality assurance. Right. So you can actually look at them Not and go creepy. Hey, Not being creepy. You're talking to a guy all wrong here. Uh, call rail, call tracking. If you're Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> link. In the episode description, Bigly Sales, a CRM with marketing outreach, and now a lot of AI happening in that biz. Get the hook up. Holler if you hear me. Episode description has the link. And lastly, LinkedIn Premium. You want to see who's looking at you on your profile? You want to yeah. get your career advanced? Get two months free mm. with a link in our episode description for LinkedIn Premium. Let's get this party started. No. Party time. It's called Sweat Equity. Listening to the Sweat Equity Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello. Let me just put my AirPods on. And uh, I think I'm going to like this podcast. Oh, oh, man. All right. I think I'm going to love this because <laughs> I can swear on this one. You can say whatever please you want. Please do, please. Don't hear the worst you got. We're First Amendment all the way. Are you in Canada? I'm in Canada. Can you guys hear me well? Yeah. Good. Actually, it was better before the AirPods. Yeah. No but, shit. Really? Yeah, a little bit. The AirPods have okay. a delay to it. Yeah. Okay. We, we, yeah, find, we, we don't trust Bluetooth for when you, you really Yeah, give me it. wires. Give me that cord life. I, I feel you. I feel you. Let, uh, let me plug in my actual microphone. That's cool. That's much better. Uh, how do I sign now? Much better, better. better. Yes, yes, much better. Now, yeah, now you sound sexy. Now, yeah, now your voice is full. Hello. Oh, is it me you're looking you, for? <laughs> are you, you're out of Montreal, right? I am out of Montreal. That's right. Mm. Yeah, and you can't, in Canada, you can't say everything you want. So 
you're in our domain, technically. You can say whatever you It'll want. It'll be published on an American site. <laughs> I think you're good. Hell yeah. Well, that's why there's no well, can't say that. Canada, except for like the government voice. <laughs> well, I, I know some comics have gotten sued. Um, yeah. For they come up from uh, the states and go up there do gigs, and they, they they don't know that part of Canada. You can't just say whatever you want. Ah. They don't have the First Amendment, and so some of them get sued. And <laughs> they probably like, do. It's just different. They're just like, I ain't go back. I'll just never do gigs in Canada again. I'll just never go there again. Yeah. It's a small market. I deal with startups. Even. Every startup here immediately says, well, Canada? Fuck this. What do you mean, Canada? No. It's too, too small of a market. Way too small. Insignificant almost compared to the United States right there, right next to us. Yeah. That's where the money is. All my clients are in the U.S. But Montreal is a very international right, okay. city. Yeah. Like it's, it, it, yes. it pulls people in. I've been once, and it was, it's gorgeous. It's, uh, yeah, it's wild. So... so Montreal's redeeming factor is that it was it used to be cheap. Real estate was really cheap. You could get a very nice house for six hundred, seven hundred a year, uh, seven hundred uh, k. Um, but it that's no longer the case. You know, a simple house costs you a mill, and you get a maybe a door with a roof, no walls. Yeah, I don't know if that's. I think that's a lot of urban places nowadays. Like we're in, we're in yeah. Tampa, Florida, and this used to be kind of a little like secret small city. And now real estate went up three times in the last, like three yeah, in the last 10 years or it's something great. crazy. Fantastic. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So it's, I guess maybe worldwide, but Montreal I think is like number four at this point. Well, worldwide. Yeah. It's nuts. Just it's actually stupid. Keep our baseball team away from your, your city. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't. We I, and I don't want to share. I don't want to share with no. Uh, no yeah. offense. Imagine uh, the, the, the having yeah, right. to do the taxes as a player. Like you got to file in Canada and the United States and all that. Oh. No, no, yeah, yeah. I have. I have. There's a lot of ex-Americans who live in Canada and they have to do like the dual tax return. Yeah, and they always that, just zero it out. Yeah, you got those silly money, the loonies. Um, <laughs> We just don't like it because it's all different colors. Yeah. We're like, that's Monopoly money. You can't have cool. ladies on your money. In Montreal, yeah. I did see a stripper put an ice cube down her, and then squirt out water. It was amazing. Her mouth? No. That, her, is, her. Uh, that is a serious skill. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting skill. That's something you don't put on a resume. Uh, well, it was something that was a, a Montreal delicacy. And coming from Florida, where we got a lot of strippers, and I'd never seen something like that, I was pretty amazed. Delicacy, That's huh? a, I, I, you know what? I've, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I've never been to a strip club personally. So. Yeah, me neither. Um, me neither. No, we we're in strip club city. I went to one at fourteen with braces and a cast and umbros. <laughs> right. I couldn't have looked more like a child. Honestly, I walked in with a Swisher Sweet, like a one of those shitty. Cigarette cigar dealios. Right. Your ID. Um, why don't you uh, give everybody your plugs? Uh, where to find you? Uh, website, social, any anything else? Sounds good. Uh, are you recording this? Don't oh yeah, we, oh, we, yeah. We, we we chew the fat like this, man. Big yeah. time, big time recording. Okay, so, so this is where to find stuff. me? Well, yeah, you know. Uh, 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 if you follow me on LinkedIn or if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, I pity your timeline because I don't shut up. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, there aren't that many Ashri Cohen's, right? It's a very, very specific name. Uh, you can also find me on my website, ashricohen.me. 
O-S-H-R-I-C-O-H-E-N.me. Um, don't go on the dot-com one. That's, a, that's, a, that's an actor and a model, <laughs> not me. Although people did ask me if I used to do modeling, and I was very confused. Uh, I should I should have checked flattered. if the dot com was. I should have checked if the dot com was taken. You're better looking than the actor model guy. Let's see this guy. Let's have a handsome contest. For, for real. Let's see it. All right. Let's see the other guy. Look at that schlub. Oh yeah, you're way more handsome than that guy. He I'll accept got, that. He's got like a two head. Oh yeah, yeah. He's got a, He's got a low hairline. Like, boom! You get an inch, buddy. <laughs> I like it, guys. We have to do more of these. Just we have to do this like on a monthly basis. Good for my mental health. Sure. Okay. Fantastic. Great. You you can. um, What is it called Uh, when you're in Vegas? I don't know. You know, you're always doing shows. Don't tell them, even if you know. Residency. Yeah. Fuck yeah. All right. (laughs) It was worth it. It was worth it. No, it wasn't. Just at all. Just to let me know that my memory's not all dog shit. It is all dog shit. It can get back there. I don't feel well okay and i might be giving you strep um that that's, that's beside the point um Bro. what uh we like to ask everybody the first time uh on the show well we have a little pre-question before that did you listen to the show before coming on yes that's why i was excited oh okay great look we'll i was excited i'm like finally uh, one where i don't have to talk like this you know right I'm, it, uh, I, have a, I have a natural voice i'm i get excited about things that's good. We like uh, enthusiasm, but also like yeah. there's not a lot of authentic conversation around business, and yeah. I find at least publicly in the ones in the the honesty in in the meeting rooms is oftentimes gross. And the most crass shit isn't from comedy clubs I've heard over 15 years. It's from like CEOs that yeah. are just no one oh, like, scared to not laugh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Every, everyone in corporate in, in, who's worked in corporate has has been in those in those meetings right right and, that's why so many so many, so many of them get in trouble well i, I mean, mean you know shout out papa, papa john's um <laughs> uh <laughs> what um actually he was just referencing that word but that's how it got Ooh, kind of manipulated defending they papa john's if you don't want to yeah, defend no the subway guy too, what other fast food restaurants? I'm a Papa John sympathizer. <laughs> horrible people that you want to defend. <laughs> no, but he was quoting and from Subway. You know, I watched it. It's like the Louis C.K. joke about it. It's like uh, the news reporter goes, uh, and then he said the N word and ran away. And it's like now you got it in my head. Right, like you that, made me yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, right. It's this, it's he was like quoting it. And then someone was like, "The bit was about the word, the term, the N word." Right, right, right. Anyway, um, good dovetail right into our question for you. <laughs> what advice would you give your thirteen-year-old self? Holy, what advice? Quit school. This sh- <laughs> that shouldn't have uh, uh, like uppercut you. That question that shouldn't have caught you from. <laughs> you're like, ooh. I didn't listen four minutes in. Listen that hard. Quit no, no, no. Sco- quit a, school. Yeah. Quit school. For, for me, for me, school was very difficult. Where were you? Where, did you grow up right. in Canada? I grew up in Canada. I was born in Israel, but I grew up in Canada, so I had language and what thought and and I only found out now that I have dyslexia. Right, I didn't know until until like a couple of years ago when my son was diagnosed with it, and I'm like, that was me. That's why I hated school, but I loved learning. Right. And school is not learning. It's uh, I don't know what that is. They teach you some key things and they try to fit you in a box. Daycare. 
because at 16, Thank while God. working, while while in high school, I started a business, and I've been working ever since. I only worked for employment maybe 10 years out of my life. I, of, you know, dude, I gotta go to Tel Aviv. I love Israeli people. They they get shit I, I, Yeah, I think I, I think I do too. Yeah, yeah I think about it. <laughs> The Israelis we've had oh, on the podcast. Israeli least, women sure. are the like hottest by far. Hmm, interesting. You have to get in the military, right? Two years yeah, if you're yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're a little scary. Yeah. No, they're in shape. They they, they just got that. Mm, 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 mm. You just like getting kicked Yeah, in and it. they can kill you yeah. in like three different ways, right. right? So you you know you can respect that. Hey man, I'm secure enough to be the little spoon sometimes in the relationship. <laughs> Everybody wants to be the little spoon every once in a while. I'll be your coffee stirrer, maybe. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's every country around them is trying to take them over for so long. It, it builds hard people. That's uh, yeah. It's the same. That's the that's the, so so that's the business secret in Israel, right? So so why are their startups so wildly successful on average? They have fewer failures and more big ticket of every other country that is not the United States. They have some of the more some of the biggest exits. Because their founders don't think about my, the local market, because the local market is too small, the country. Even the regional market is hostile entirely. So they have to think Europe, United States, Canada, Australia, Asia, all at the same time, because they don't have access to that, to the, to the immediate. Where a lot of companies build their business, I want to serve my local market. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do well. right? And so they're limited in how they grow. The other ones, they're thinking globally right from the go. Right, right from the get-go, they think globally. Do you, th- do you think Waze was made by an Israeli group just to know how to get around better than everybody else? Just to, <laughs> just to escape anything? <laughs> yeah, it probably, you know what? what it probably well, happened. The Waze guy, is Israeli. Because, oh. Google yeah. There's a lot of so, tech that comes out of there, which is... I think that, well, I mean, that's some very profound... Uh, well, I'm prolific, bro. Not you. <laughs> not you. Well, you, know, you. You know what the other secret is? The observation is really like, interesting to me that yeah. I've never even thought of because, I mean, born and raised in America, you know, it all yeah. starts here for us, USA, baby. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I mean, thinking, you got to think globally from the start. Interesting. So, so yeah, exactly. You got to think globally from the start. And on, on top of that, you know, all, you know in, in North America, in all the safe countries, you turn 18 years old. It's, you're still a kid. You're still just like fucking around, right? Yeah. You know, maybe you'll go to college, you party all the time and whatnot. But but over there at 18, they put a gun in your hand and now you have to possibly manage, you know, a billion dollars worth of tanks at the age of 18 and a half. Yeah. Well, well you already, you had a mustache at 12. Shit, man. <laughs> I mean, no, but like, the, you know, the, the dichotomy, of, they're, they're 15 years ahead of anybody else at 18. They have responsibilities that are real. No, oh, did you, you know, wash the floor at the uh, 7-Eleven? Yeah. Is the trade-off worth it? It's a very serious kind of country. Right. It's it's legit dangerous. These aren't the funny Jays that we we get the Catskill Mel Brooks with, you know, (laughs) AK-47 in his hands. South Korea and Israel, to me, are kind of similar in that way. It builds hard people. Hard uh, movies and films come out of there, TV, because everybody around them is trying to take them over. And then yep. you are, you're right, like early on, you are an adult adult when you were 18. You're not like, I need to be on my mom's cell phone right. plan yeah. until I'm 30 because I shouldn't pay for that. You know, right. it's like. I've only uh, killed one person. Right, right. Yeah. 
Um, oh, for, it's a different ball game, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, do you find the Israeli upbringing, at least for part of it, kind of guided you towards your kind of, let's say, um, how you attack things? Do you th- feel like you have that kind of in you? Yes. That that motive, um, I should say, like a, yeah, you know, in that you. yes, because because my my parents, you know, instilled it in me. Right. That's how they dealt with us. That's how they talked to us. I worked as a plumber with my father starting at the age of 13. I, I saw how he negotiated, how he worked, how he did everything. Right. And so and he's as Israeli as it gets. Well, not really kind of Israeli Moroccan because that's I'd like to see that contest. Morocco. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, that um, it, I was going to say. Parents that come from another country have kids in the, uh, the U.S. or Canada. They're not like, oh, we're leaving that behind. We're going to leave that attitude behind. We're, we're here now. They bring that shit with them and instill no, yeah, it in the kids. Bring that shit, of course. Because that's the shit that actually built half of America, right? It's all immigrant small businesses Good point. that grew to be, you know, they came in. It's like, you don't, yeah, I can't find a job. I can't speak the language. I'm open a restaurant. Yeah, we kick the shit yeah. out of ourselves for being racist. I'm like, uh, look at how homogeneous all other countries are compared to the United States. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. we kick the shit out of ourselves. We have low self-esteem and high self-esteem at the same time. I was going to say, what? <laughs> I, I already changed to on USA one time today. No, we'll go, USA, and then we'll be like, God, we got to get it together. Fuck. You know, like, that's that's our kind of duality. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, we're never satisfied kind of thing. But, you know... I'm interested in this fractional CTO or fractional CMOs, but the way it's positioned in the bio I read, you're, you're, and this is kind of uh, figurative, I guess, because you're not an attorney, but it says you're a lawyer for other companies to, to find their, their dev teams, outsource dev teams. So, so yeah. Like so, a broker. So, yeah. So fractional CTO is a, is a, is a big, it's like saying, Technology consultant or business consultant, it's massive. It's, there's, a, there's quite a lot of varieties and subspecialties within it. But the, the, the fractional CTO, the reason why I even created this, uh, or not created, because I, I launched a practice within it. It was created a few years ago, but it was actually named, called CTO as a service back then, right? Um, and so the reason I did this is because I realized in, my experience in industry and with clients that most companies don't need a full-time CTO. That's the reality. They just don't need one because a a CTO does strategy. How much bloody strategy does a small business need to do? This is how you host your website. Bleep off. Like, and, and they hire, and they hire people full-time for this. I mean, yes, I'm being very facetious and, and, it depends um, on scale and scope of the company, for sure. Yeah. yeah, You know, there's a lot more to do, but that's the reality. Is The reality is that you don't need a lawyer in-house if you're a small business. You don't need other uh, strategic executives unless they're actually going to do work that they're supposed to do. And have to be right? there but day, techno- day yeah. Yeah, exactly. Technology is built up, it's maintained, but it runs at a scale that will surpass your business any day of the week because there's effectively unlimited scale. Other operations like sales and whatnot, yeah, you need, you need a full-time sales exec to organize the whole thing. The one you that know? can't sell. 
I mean, it makes a lot more. I, I <laughs> yeah. think a fractional. They run the sales team. They can't sell. So right. they run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at these numbers. <laughs> no, they make. I think a fractional CTO makes more sense than a fractional CMO in terms of like being fractional. Like, I think just because the technology side is always a lot of upfront stuff and mm-hmm. it can be set and, and forget for a while. I know you you dream of that for marketing stuff. I mean, but like look, realistically, like that stuff has to be refreshed regularly. If the labor yeah. chart was a graph, it would look like a, a ski slope with sure, yeah. But I'm saying yeah. I think the technology side is much more able to be fractional that's, than it, the marketing. So that's side, tough in because my a, opinion. a company that's a software company, you might need someone that's more hands on than someone that is a okay, yeah. If you're a, a software education. company, but even still, I don't even think that would apply. They'd have their own R and D guy. Well, if they wanted to, if the C, if they wanted the CTO, to, I'm picturing the CTO would manage that team, but from you know day to day kind of thing. If it's an app that has a lot so, of daily active users, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so, and, and, and the problem with the whole CTO label is that, especially when used in startups, it's, it has a bad definition. No, let's say it's not a bad definition. It has a non-static definition. The job role evolves. And I always say it evolves over four phases of the business. I used to call, or generations of the business, I should say. Okay. At first, generation one, you just started a business. Your CTO needs to be an engineer. He needs to shut up and code. Well, not shut up. Let's be nice. He needs to code, right? And design Quietly. and build. He can mumble to himself. Easy, you know, but keep Later. it down. As long, you know, that's it. As long Look, as he listens to Rammstein, it's fine. If you, <laughs> if you need Quietly do, listen. Do lost. Yeah, yeah. If you need him to shut up, just get a bunch of... Uh, Toothpicks, throw them on the ground. We'll count them all up. So, you know, I'm a developer, like, you know, and I'm, make, I'm making fun of us people. But it's true. You need to be there. You need to be coding as, as much as humanly possible, right? Uh-huh. So that's for the first year or two. Now, what's coding? Software development is a, is a creative process. You can't, you can't just code all the time. It's too much, right? And creativity is one part of the brain. Now, as the, comp- as the company graduates to the next generation, generation two, the CTO needs to become a manager. You're stopping creativity, something you probably love because this is what you do, and developers, the good ones at least, and the happy ones, love their job. They're, they love to be creative. They love to code. So you're asking now an engineer, start managing people, process, money, the team. Now start thinking in meta about how to, the business is impacted by my decisions. Never take a management what? class. Never, ever. Just never do it. <laughs> right? I feel like so, most, most people at that level, they go, I got it. I'm going to wing this. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, wing this and, intrapersonal and, and, communication. And, and you know what happens? These, these, those, are, those CTOs are so many that there's quite a few of them who have left the company after a year and a few months, vested their share, their equity, Right? their shares or whatever, and, uh, and moved on to the next company. And they keep doing that over and over and over and over and over. It doesn't make any bloody sense. So now the person's a manager. Generation three could be a year later. At the growth of some startups, here's $50 million. Go knock yourself out. You're going, you're, you might even skip manager and go directly to leader. Because now you have multiple teams and managers and people under them and processes. Like, how, 
you know, you were coding before. Like, it was you in the screen. Now you have a company to run, right? Most, most startup CTOs do not make it past generation one. That's it. They stop there. And then they hired their big boy CTO at, starting at generation three. Makes sense? Yeah. Going from specialist, so, generalist kind of thing. Player, exactly. Player coach for uh, and, sports people. Yeah. And the fourth generation, mm-hmm. and the fourth generation is your visionary. Like, you got to think shit up now. Now you're going back to creative. And you need to be a great engineer to understand that. You don't really need to have been a leader or a manager or anything like that because you're beyond that. You've got vice presidents that will deal with everything for you and you just think out strategy. You know, many people want to skip from generation one to generation four. It doesn't really work that way in in their role. So that's why so many CTOs in startups just don't survive. Or they burn out completely and go back to being a developer. I would add also one plus of a fractional C-suite executive is you're better at strategy when you have a couple of clients going at once, like, or mm-hmm. uh, in a year, say, what just if it's an interim C, uh, CTO or CMO, whatever we're talking about, interim fractional or fractional where you're kind of popping in once a week or half a day a week or something mm-hmm. like that. I, I constantly will go, oh, I was doing this over here. I want to try it over here because I think it'll work. But that's a product business. This is a service business. But I think, I think that strategy will apply over here. And I, I, gain yeah, a lot, I gain a lot of like chess knowledge almost that way. I did. I, I, I wrote a post on LinkedIn that got some heat. And, and I said, well, your traditional CTO, 20 years of experience, worked with three to four companies decently, knows what he's doing. Good, right? Fractional CTO, 20 years of experience, 35 different companies, five different industries, every business model imagine, imaginable. Yeah. Well, there's... There's, there's knowledge there. You're, you're paying for that knowledge. And that's why you're going to pay almost close to 400 an hour. Right? That's, that's the thing. That's you're what I need to that. charge? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. To, yeah, well, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. They don't respect you. They don't re- I used to charge much lower. Once, when I raised my prices, that's when I started signing deals. Yeah. We've it's heard that. Theme. That's a common we've, theme. We've heard that. We need to listen to that one day. You don't have enough revenue? Double your prices. Boom. And, and then pe- more people sign because now they respect you more. Right. That's, Perceived that's value is what I charge. Well, we, we have the thing where we do the work in our industry, and but we're not great on the business development side because it just, it's, that's a, per, that's a, and I hate a lot of the salespeople in marketing. I know. I hate them, but <laughs> we got to get over that anyway. Anyway, but I'm saying like, it's one of those things, it, it is a weird, it feels counterintuitive almost. It's just like, Raise your prices, yeah. you'll do a lot better. And we're like, hey, we'll do it for a dollar. That's how we used to be. Um, what? Uh, Did not agree with that strategy. I didn't either. But you, you know, got to keep the lights on in a, a, a then fledgling marriage. Um, we got that out of the way. It's a lot of dead weight. Uh, I feel 130 pounds lighter. Um, so, what with the with the lawyer? It says, think of me like a lawyer, basically. You're yeah. going in to kind of vet. You're, you're playing the middleman as the fractional CTO to find the correct dev team. You're going in. Uh, I imagine you're in a pinstripe suit, you know, mm-hmm. going in there, going, I'm the tech wizard. Uh, do. 
too lost. Mm-hmm. Going in there. Mm-hmm. Actually, there. probably with a dress shirt and underwear, but. Okay. Okay, okay risky business. It could, be, it could be a dream or it could be the reality of life right now. <laughs> um, so, are we in the Matrix? I may or may not be wearing pants. I, you have no idea. You know, Most the same these. Yeah, you don't know what we got. We're in Florida. We're a lot freakier <laughs> over here. Um, the, <laughs> That's even worse. But I'm saying, like, uh, you're coming in as what we used to call kind of a high end consultant of sorts. But consultant is such an elastic term. The fractional movement's kind of picking up steam a little bit. Are you go? You're going in and going. Okay, you need these this kind of team price. That can deliver it on this schedule. That or you're coming in quality, cost, delivery, that kind of thing, right? Inventing exactly. But I also what I also do is I also design the technical solutions themselves. So you're building strategy, and architecture, building strategy, architecture, technical architecture, the whole thing. That's why and a fractional CTO, a CTO actually, a CTO should be half business, half technology. They should be the master of both worlds. Agreed. Combined, mm. because there is no techno- there's no business without technology, and there's no technology without business. There's the like it's it's one and the same. You have to understand how it works. Yeah, we, we've right? said it with with clients that go, I want to know the company goals, and they're like, What are you talking about? They're like, You don't yeah, have company mind your goals. own business about my company goals. Like, like, go, you asking me, a, me that personal question. Give me a revenue number that you want to hit. One, no. three, five years. How like, dare you? We don't know. And you're like, what? You never wrote a business plan. No. You don't know, do you? It's like, well, then what, what do you want to do with the business so we can go in lockstep with you? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. If you tell me, if you, if you hired me to tell me what you need right from the get-go, you already made a mistake. That's the thing. It's for me to figure out what you need. Yeah. Right. Don't mm. don't come to me with like no. For, I have so many clients because what I do what I do the service you're referring to this fractional CTO which you know is uh, I'm two hours a day every day with a startup or a, a, a mid-sized company. I'm their CTO. I meet with everyone with the directors. I manage. I say and you know what the reality when people ask me first of all I can do it all in two hours a day. I'm like how, how much work do you actually think people do? Mm. I if it wasn't bullshit yeah. meetings, good workers. Yes. If it wasn't BS meetings. Yeah, I know. I'm with Maybe you, you do two hours percent. of focused work. Right. Our friend of the program, Dean Aker, says you get at best about average six hours of a good employee. That seems and high to me. At best, that's the right. High. That's, that's the high. That's, right, that's, and that's they've mastered high. how to look like they're working. They've mastered how to take their mini breaks. But even we, doing we, whatever. We talk about a morgan eight, best. ten, twelve hour day. You know that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, you're taking a two yeah. hour lunch too. Right. So, so, so the service you're, uh, you're referring to is I represent clients with their dev agencies. So you hire a dev agency, I need a website, I need an app built, I need this, I need that. And they'll go in and just, just build it out for you and they'll charge you monthly until it's built and so on and so forth and you get a product. But probably 100% of the population doesn't understand how software is built. They don't get it. They don't know, Right. And so they'll go to these dev agents and say, this is what I want. And then they'll be surprised why it's a quarter million dollars. And when they say, you know what? Yes, I'll make an investment. They think it's a good, it was a good idea, whatever it is, right? I'll make the investment. And then what they get is a subpar product that's late and they have to pay an extra $150,000. So they're at 400K with a shitty product. Now, the problem with dev agencies is they have zero, usually most of them, most of them. There are a few that will say, no, I can't do this for you because we're just not good for that, right? But a lot of them want money. Mm-hmm. That's true, right? Yeah, I, most they of them. Money. 
it's the it most out later. insecure industry there is. They're all just like, you know, we could do it. No, we could do that totally. We can do, you know, we can Google that. Right. So you have so, a god complex. So they, You're like, mm-hmm. I figured all yeah. this. I figured this stuff. I figured out, out all the other stuff before this. Right. I can figure this out. Everybody else here is like, man, I can do it. And right. I'm, I'm jacked up on Ritalin. Let's do it. So, so, um, so they do that, and the Dev agency has no incentive to reduce the cost. They have no incentive in quote unquote building it right. Because there's a way to build software, right? There's a proper way to build software to write the source code. We have standards within the industry. It's not enforced by a government, as it could never be, but it's enforced by the community. Most dev agencies don't follow that. So the code you get is shit. It's the, it won't scale your business. And 99% chance you will have to rewrite the entire thing when you, go, when you start getting any, any sort of traffic. So... I come in with, in, in between the founders, the, the president, whatever, the company, project manager that wants something built, and the dev agency. And they talk, the client talks to me, and the dev agency talks to me. And I translate. And, I, and my job is to protect my client against the, the dev agency. Because their, our, their business model implies that they don't want to help. They just want to build it. And get paid for it. It's hourly. This is how it is. Why would I? Yeah. It's yeah. It's transactional that way, right? Because I don't hire the dev agency. I don't hire the devs. I don't even offer it as an option. If I tell you, yes, you need to spend that money, or no, you don't, and let's write it this way, and let's make sure that they do it that way, and so on and so forth. I could save you fifty percent, sixty percent, sometimes, right? And ensure that the, the dev agency actually wrote the code correctly, which is, which is one of the things that most clients don't, don't know. The way you get the code back and the way it runs will, will say whether, will, will, uh, will confirm whether you can actually transition that over to an employee, the code, or you have to completely rewrite it because it's nonsensical. And most people go to completely rewrite. So they'll spend half a million, whatever, right? And they'll lose it. And they'll have to redo it again. But if you do it right the first time, it costs more. Yes, and that it should because software is not cheap. And you have more chances of success. And my job is to reduce your bill. (laughs) That's my job. Would would you say your biggest, you personally, your biggest value add is... Communication. You're a good communicator. Yes. I can explain something. I can explain any technical concept in, in a non-technical way. I'm actually writing a book about this right now. Great. I mean, that, that's yeah. something I've been saying. Uh, that gives me – it was a self-serving question because <laughs> – Because I feel like I'm like no, that too. Just, well, you make oh, sure – You can be best like, friends. You, you, th- you think you're good at that. You're going to always question it kind of thing, but it's like there's value in that no, in, for in sure. successfully. But I'm saying like in when it gets into technology, there's such a knowledge chasm. Because I, while you were talking about that, I was thinking about, okay, what's a metaphor for what he was just right, talking about? Right, it's about the metaphors. Building a house. Yes. But building a house, Might you not have a little bit more – most people have a little bit of knowledge on you know 
what to look for in the foundation or holy shit did you read my the first chapter of my book or something like, no we're just, actually, i just i want to be israeli we have to <laughs> that's exactly that's the that's the the analogy that i make building a house every aspect of building a house is found in software development literally every aspect and every decision that you make at the beginning impacts a decision you have to make at the end mm-hmm. yeah or you'll incur very heavy costs of rebuilding and moving a wall you know, yep. You're coming. Your house coming down because you didn't mark that. That yeah, you didn't mark that wall as the load bearing wall. You didn't know, so you took it down, and there you go. Your whole system went down, buddy. Look, we and bought a ha- we bought a house in 2015, and like new. Not not he and I. Yeah, no. His ex wife. <laughs> yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah, and bought a house maybe one day, knowing that the code wasn't all the way quality. Yeah. But it was it was 90 percent the way there, and we we had you know kind of we just wanted to get it. Right, I feel like as that, long as you know, right? But you knew in this case, install in, the dev engineer is not gonna say, Hey, oh, by the way, uh, the pitfall is over here and the dead bodies are hidden over there, right? Yeah, but I knew what I didn't know, and I, I try to coach myself up as much as I could for when we were gonna buy it to look at four things. You know, I didn't need to be a builder, but I needed to be able to kind of see it, you know, and point it out. Um, Right. Well, know what kind of bugs are flying around the house and stuff. Yeah. Most people know how to build a house. They have a basic idea. You dig, you do this. If I ask you how is software built, you wouldn't, maybe you do would, but most people will not be able to even say, you start with Googling it. How, well, there's, how, no, but, there's no HTML TV. <laughs> no, there isn't. There is, you know, there's the LG TV, which uh, has. I Does Home and Garden Television still exist? HGTV. Fuck yeah, really dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. What are what are white women drinking white wine going to do during the day? Fuck yeah. I, 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 I don't have mean? television at home. I, I rent DVDs. That's what I watch. Huh? Rent DVDs. Whoa, he is oh, in the yeah. Matrix. He's backwards. That's Canada, dude. That's oh yeah, Canada, they don't have remember. Netflix streaming yet. No, it's because well, he's got to drive four hours to the red box. Canada sucks. Netflix Canada is garbage. They don't have half the content that Netflix US has. Whenever I go down to Florida, because my people, we migrate uh, south in the winter to Fort Lauderdale. Something Otherwise, I think, I'm pretty sure they just shut down the city when we're not there. And by Fort Lauderdale, guessing... you mean Boca? <laughs> um, well, Boca why is that Fort funny? Lauderdale. Why are you... Because there's a lot of... Um, love. And Jays, oh, Jays because you don't... No, now you don't want to say the word Jews. I never... I, I was saying Jays the whole time. I'll... I'll say Jew. I'm the, so, I've been called oh, the most Jewish meant, like, Gentile by so many people in my life. that No, you haven't. Yes, I have. No, you say that. <laughs> you say that and you want that so bad. I've never heard it. <laughs> you, yeah, and then you and, uh, muzzle talk, and yeah. then you just bounce to the next thing. Nobody's buying it, dude. dude so that's the thing. So, Russia Shaman's you know, coming up in September. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can't. It's a high holy day. I can't be there. Look, man, he's noshing right now. We got to go. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Oh my god. Oh. Um, I can't think of any more puns. No, dude, stop. Um, well, well, if you're in Florida, next time you gotta let us know. Come you over to it. come over to the Gulf Coast. The stop, the stumble, the stomp on it. What'd you say? No, I said I got a lot of puns. Ooh, pretty good. Thank pretty you. good. A little late, but pretty well, good. No, when I repeat it, because you're talking over it, yeah, it seems late, and I didn't even like repeating it. I mean, did that just ruin the joke? Oh, my right. God. Uh, I mean, timing's everything, right? Um, 
All right. We'll have to have you back on. But if you come down to Florida, uh, you got to let us know. Uh, come over the, the Gulf uh, side of the state. And uh, anything any, – oh, how about this? In one minute, tell us about the state of AI. <laughs> what? Oh, no. It's a Japanese game show. Pressure's on. Right now it's a crock of shit. I agree. I fucking agree. There's too much stuff all, out there. All, all, yeah. Uh, Chat GPT is all the rage, but Chat GPT is just a prediction engine and does a fantastic job. I use it all the time. But it is not designed for to replace work. It's not even designed to help you most of the time. It's sure, what search you know? should be when you search for something. That's how I see mm. it. Right? So, so the likes of Chat GPT would be, if, I think they integrated it into the Bing browser. And you can chat with the internet, right? And it helps to a certain extent, but it's it's nowhere ready to you know hurt employees in any way, shape, or form. It will at most make someone ten percent, twenty percent more productive. I saw a thing, that and said, not and not in a way that they can even replace the person. I saw That's a thing. It. it said that ChatGPT was asked a math question or some question that it has been continuously getting it more wrong. As it goes along. And because I'm, it's not I, an intelligence. I'm fearful of the idiocracy situation where it's just like all the dumb people just keep having dumb, dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. And that's what's happening with AI. What if that happens? Well, so, so, well only so like something, 80% of the country won't even sniff at it. So <laughs> I, I think um, we might be safe just by, you know. We're part of the 20. Yeah, but we look at it. We talk shit about it. It. It gives you answers like an exchange. I know team. we're already on the robot list. <laughs> once they, you know, get bodies, I, they're coming I, to our house. <laughs> I believe in the holy chat GPT, and I hope that our future AI. Okay, see, yeah, I agree. Me too. <laughs> it's pulling Pascal's wager. Do dude. they do a thing where it's like the last thing you said? Maybe. <laughs> Never a bad word about. So that's it again. that's the thing. You know, everyone's afraid that AI is going to take jobs away, and the reality is that it can't. Right. It can't write a proper copy for a website. It'll sound idiotic and without any soul. Uh, you know, it can write a story, but, you know, it doesn't always make, make sense. It writes code, sure, and I use it for that to, to try as, as a sort of a help, right? Oh, yeah, that's what it's called. That's what I need to type. Now I remember because I couldn't remember. But it's a tool. That's it. Yeah. It's it's a it's just it's you know it's driver assist, that's what it is. It's human assist. It's a TI eighty three, without a soul. Right. The the way the way I was explaining, I was explaining AI the way the current state of ChatGPT in another podcast, and I said, if you're dumb, AI AI will actually make you dumber. It will make it even much worse, but exponentially, right? If you're smart, it will it make you exponentially smarter. Because you know what the heck you're doing. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot, like I can write whole applications by just asking ChatGPT, write me code for this, write me code for that. It will do it. If I copy paste all of these into my system, into my code, uh, and, and I don't actually know what it's doing, like it's, it's nonsensical. It, makes, it won't make any sense. So if you're smart, it makes you smarter. That's it. Thanks for saying we're smart. <laughs> Dumb people think they're smart though. Yeah. And on that and note, they're like, I'm getting smarter. I feel pretty good. Uh, <laughs> thanks for coming on. We'll have to have you on again because we we barely got to a, a lot of those bullet points we had for you. So appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime. Thanks, man.
Bye. USA.